0: Welcome back to the True North Podcast. I'm James, and I've got Trey with me today. How are you doing, Trey? Doing well, man. What's up? Man, we have got a
1: special guest in the house. Trey, would you like to introduce who we have? Absolutely. So, man, I am so honored to have this guy here today. Um, Greg Gunn, who's the founder of Family ID, has been a good friend, been a ministry partner, um, but a guy who's just absolutely the real deal, and a guy who's influenced me, who's poured into me, who's been such an encouragement to me. Um, and so, Greg, it is an absolute honor to have you here with us
2: today. So, welcome, man. Thank you so much, Trey. That's that's so kind of you. You you said that exactly the way I wrote it, and I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and I appreciate the twenty dollars. That's great. I appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> no, but, man, thank you. That's such a blessing to me, man. I, I you know the just having met you and and really hearing your story, you have such a powerful story uh, that can truly capture the heart of men and and. Just the fact that you're so, um, you know, real and and vulnerable when you share, which is just the hardest thing in the world for for mm-hmm. me to do, is to, to share the you know the real deal stuff. But but yeah, thank you for for the impact you've had on me as well, buddy. Man, well, awesome. likewise. Hey, would you mind as we
1: kick off this episode sure. um, because I'll tell you one of the things that I have admired about you, and I've had the opportunity to pray with you on multiple occasions. And fellas, I just shared this. There's certain people that are just gifted. Um, there's other people that it's developed. And regardless, if prayer is a gifting of yours or whether it's a, a strength and a muscle that we have to develop, um, Greg has it regardless. And so, man, I just want to ask, would you pray for sure. us and just open up this to. episode for yeah. us?
2: Yeah. You know, something that's really powerful. I, I read this uh, in, in a devotional. By a guy named uh, Oswald Chambers it mm. said that, prayer doesn't prepare you for the battle prayer is the battle oh wow it's good you know the, the if the enemy can just keep us from praying yep. you know that is the battle and, and Romans 8 26 and 7 says that that God will take that, that we really have a weakness all of us have a weakness we do not know how to pray as we ought mm. um, and we, we don't know how to pray and then we, we don't know how to, to approach God and 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 a in a way that is worthy of Him, right? So knowing that that's our weakness, that He can, the, but it says that the Spirit can will intercede and plead. He, he will take our supplication, our prayer, usher it into the presence of God, and plead on our behalf a perfect prayer, even if our prayer isn't perfect. He will. It's like that's why a child gets the same exact presence and and, and gets the same. Um, his, his prayer, that baby's prayer, if it's nothing more than a cry, it just, ah, that is, the Holy Spirit can take that, flip it around in midair, and pray the perfect prayer for us. So if the Amen. enemy can just keep us from praying, so good. he's won the battle, right? Well, so that's let, good. That's good enough for this week. That's what I was going to say, thanks for yeah, Thanks right. for coming. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, we'll, no, Greg, all right, you. so let's pray. <laughs> yeah, Father, I just thank you for these mighty men of valor, these men that are listening to this. These are the ones that you've chosen uh, yes. to take back ground, to, uh, to restore their family, to restore their community. So I just pray, God, today that your words will be shared, the perfect words for, the, for mm-hmm. each of these men to meet them at the point of their need, and that today we can truly see your, your will done, your kingdom come on this earth, uh, just as it is in heaven. I thank you uh, for True North. I thank you for the calling on these men's lives uh, and how they have uh, turned their life over and, and are laying down their lives first to their wives, uh, and then laying down their lives for other men. They're just thank you for uh, what you've done in building the, this ministry. I pray blessing over it now, uh, and I, I thank you for this victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so sure. much for that. So,
1: man, Greg, so often when we you know we talk to ministry leaders and different people, right. we jump right into... Okay, tell me about Family ID. What's Family ID? Right. Yeah.
2: Which we're going to get to, and, yeah, yeah. and I can't yeah. wait to have you share. Good. Good.
1: But the reality is Family ID didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition without God doing something in Greg Gunn first. Yeah, And yeah. so, man, share with us a little bit and share with the audience, who's Greg Gunn? What's your sure. story? And how did all this even happen? Because it's so easy sometimes to see the fruit of it and to miss all the work, all the preparation, and frankly, God's hand in everything for
2: years and decades, even before that. Sure. Well, in 1980, I was 19 years old. I was going to to college and this company uh, was on our campus recruiting people. So I went to one of their recruiting meetings and um, man, I got so fired up to go into the financial services business. So uh, they recruited me to a part-time I could kind of do it um, as I went to school and, and, Then I ended up, um, joining that company in 1980 and, and I stayed with that company for 30 years, um, built a business, recruited people, recruited brokers, developed, um, guys to, to go out and, and, and help families with their personal finances and, and all that, just loved it, loved doing that. Um, and, and. Then in, in about 1997... And you um, were successful at it. Yeah, the Lord really blessed our, our business. We had about 800 licensed agents in, in five states. Um, and yet I was also um, really kind of dissatisfied with where mm-hmm. I was at. I, I, I felt like others were doing so much better than me and, and had been in the business a lot, you know, five years less than me, and they were making 10 times more than me. And I'm going, Lord what do you like about that guy that you don't like about me, right? Why why is he so blessed, you know, and I seem to be struggling, you know? And so... Now, uh, in
1: fairness, real quick, and I just want to interject. So you say struggling, yet you were making making significant income.
2: I was making way into the six figures, but but he was making like a million a year.
1: (laughs) But that's an important part because so many (laughs) times we're doing better than 90% of America, and yet you look at the people that you're not... Measuring right, right, up to right, and right. thinking you're a and failure, I, you know.
2: And I thought, you know, I should be grateful for what I have. But some of you guys know what I mean. You know, yeah. you're just you're just not because <laughs> I ended up comparing myself to the wrong person. But anyway, uh, but it was just in that time that I just felt like, man, I'm gonna. i have heard that you could fast. The people who really were trying to get a an answer from God, or they were trying to overcome some huge problem or whatever, that you could fast and that God would. It's like. You know, God's always serious, but it's like you become much more serious when you go into fasting, right? So, and I thought, you know, I don't know how long a guy can go. This is like in a, this, this is in December. Uh, we just had come back from this company convention, and these guys were getting recognition, and uh, I wasn't. And so I remember saying, okay, I'm going to fast till I figure out what's wrong with me. You know, I'm just going to, I don't know how long you can go till you die, but I, I think maybe fasting until I die might even be a good good way to go for
1: me about six hours
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly so so anyway i start fasting and then i'd heard somewhere that if you first you fast first four days but after the fourth day you're you know you you really don't get hungry that's the biggest lie i ever heard you know so five days i'm five days in it's in december i'm going to every christmas party in the world you know company christmas party my church Christmas party, Christmas party after Christmas party, and I'm not eating. You know, finally, Rhonda pulls me over and says, Greg, we are not going to another Christmas party and you not eat. And I'm sitting there not eating because you're not eating. And, and I go, Rhonda, you know, it's kind of annoyed at that point. Rhonda, I am so sorry that my fasting is inconvenient to <laughs> in you. <laughs> But I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Okay, <laughs> so just leave me alone, right? Anyway, so of course I go to the next one. Five days in, and I just, I just break. I just, I can I'm just about to die. I eat, I eat so much that I get sick. You, you're not supposed to fast for five days. You know, I can't even fast right. I'm so low. I'm such a loser. You know, I'm here. I am trying to figure out what's wrong with me, and then I can't even fast correctly. You know, it's just pitiful. But, you know, here's what I've discovered, that um, you only get about 5% of your breakthrough during a fast. Mm -hmm. And it's in the weeks and months and years after your fast that you really receive the greatest breakthrough. Wow. And now I can tie back to that fast that it was in that same month of December that the associate pastor at my church Came up to me and and he was gone one Sunday. The next week he was back. I said, "Hey, David, where were you last week?" He said, "Well, my wife and I were on our annual family goal setting weekend." I said, "Oh, what?" He said, "Yeah, this is our fifth year. We go away once a year. We write goals for our marriage, goals for each other, goals for each of our kids. Uh, Then we kind of we look at our family mission statement and our family vision statement and our core values, and we evaluate the last twelve months. Did." did we just claim these values or did we actually live out these values? You know, Mm. by this time I'm about to pass out. I'm going, you know, I do all of that for my business. I have a company mission statement, a company vision. I have company goal setting. We were so fanatical in goal setting. We made everyone carry their goals with them. So if I came up to you at work and said, I need to see your goals, if you couldn't produce your goals in writing I made you pay a dollar fine, and we've had a pizza party off the fine money. Now, dude, if that's not fanatical, crazy goal-setting, I don't know what is. And yet, the thought of doing any of that stuff for my family hadn't been within a 1,000 miles of my head. Wow. I thought, oh, my yeah. gosh. If I'd have thought about it for five minutes. But once you think that thought, you mm-hmm. cannot unthink it. You can't go back to saying, you know, I'm just going to do family by accident and I'm going to do my business and all my work, um, you know, on, on, on purpose. And with, yeah, with, with, with intention. And, you know, it's just like it just hit me. I go, you know, if you ask me, Greg, who's more, what's more important to you, your family or your business? Well, of course, my family's infinitely more important to me, mm. yet I'm doing almost nothing in, intentionally, in my family and I'm doing everything I can possibly do intentionally at work. And so, man, I just, I just said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to try to be as intentional at home as I am at work. Okay. Now, dude, that's a high bar. All yeah. right? Cause I'm, you know, I'm thinking, where do you start? So I say to my buddy, all right, write me out an agenda, David, of exactly what you do on this family goal setting thing And he said, well, by the way, you need to write a mission statement, a vision statement. Oh, yeah, by the way, how in the world am I going (laughs) to write a family mission statement, you know? So I found Stephen Covey had written a book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of those seven was um, to write a family mission statement. So he had done a little audio book on it. So I ordered that, listened to it about 10 times. Rhonda and I set a date. We drove about an hour and a half to have some windshield time. Drove to Tulsa from Oklahoma City. Um, locked ourselves in a hotel and literally out of the end of our pen came this gun family vision statement and it's to lay the foundations for many godly generations and we were blown away we were absolutely fired up that we have a vision statement now that we could pass to every generation of our family and and we we started reading this scripture in jeremiah chapter 35 about this family called the raccobites and jonadab son of rakab um, gave his family some instructions. He was alive during the time of Ahab and Jezebel, so Israel had gone to its deepest depths of idol worship, and, and um, Jonadab's gave his family these instructions. So um, Jeremiah then invites the Rechabites to come into the temple, says, I've got a, a, a word from the Lord for you, uh, but before I give you that word, I'm going to ask all you leaders of the family of Rechabites, I want you just to have a drink of this wine, um, and then I'll share this with you. And they looked at each other and said, we're, we're not going to drink it. Well, why not? Well, our great-grandfather, Jonadab, son of Rechab, gave us these three instructions. Drink no wine, own no land, and grow no crops. You, your children, and your children's children forever. And we have obeyed that since he gave us those instructions. And because we did it, um, when, when, the Nebuch- when Nebuchadnezzar came into the land, and took Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel into captivity, we the Rachabites rolled up our tents and we moved out of town. And the, all of the, you know, the people who went into captivity, um, our family was preserved. And, he, and Jeremiah says, well, thank you. This was a test to see if you would disobey those commands that your great-grandfather gave you. Uh, And that just blew Rhonda and I away. I mean, how do you get some instructions 200 years earlier? Come to find out it was 200 years that they had been living this out, generation after generation, as if they had gotten those instructions last week. They were still living them out 200 years later. We were blown away. How do you pass those kind of instructions to to your children and children's children? Uh, And then the Lord said, look, there's a blessing I'm going to give your family because I've given... I've given the children of Israel a prophet to say, Know the Lord, follow Him, walk with God, and they have disobeyed Him. Your, fa- your grandfather gave you these instructions one time, and you have followed them faithfully. So, because of that, you are going to have a godly descendant in your family forever. You will serve before the Lord. So, the only, only tribe of Israel that was given the, the privilege of serving before God, before the Lord were the Levites. And he gave that privilege to the to the Rachabites and the Levites. And they said, okay, Lord, we want a gun family vision. We want a gun family instructions. We want three things. What are what are the gun family three things? You know, theirs was own no land, grow no crops, drink no wine. I said, Lord, what would that be for us? What could what are some instructions we could pass to every generation of our family that if you tarry another 200 years, that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren would be preserved alive uh, to, to be a godly influence on this earth. And that's, that's when we said, okay, Lord, we, we, we started praying for those, those things. So number one, we want to see our family as our first and most important ministry, our first and most important disciples. Second, we want to help every uh, one of our children and grandchildren discover who they're supposed to marry because who you marry affects everything. And then third, we want to put an end to unresolved sibling conflict. So that if we could pass those three things to every generation, we feel like we would be the greatest success of all time as parents. So that's when we really said, okay, we want to start helping families do this. And so as, as a business owner, I was running both the Family ID uh, program and helping families write their mission, vision, and values. And then I was also running our financial services business. Uh, but then in 2000, um, 2006, God made it absolutely clear where I was supposed to go full-time uh, and sell my business. And, and finally, by, by the year 2010, we had sold the business and, and went full-time with Family ID. And, and so that's, um, that, and, so, and, and really I went through a really tough season uh, do you want me to share about that, or should we cover that later? Let's come back to that okay, later. Okay, good, but good.
1: that, I mean, what an amazing um, just story! I mean, of because once brother. again, <clears throat> when God shows up and does a move, because once it's so easy to look at family ID and go, "Wow, so powerful!" But you hear, you hear how it came to fruition, and how that God laid that on your heart and uniquely equipped you and called you for that. Um, and like you said, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. <laughs> right. You
0: know, my question, Greg, is yeah. when you first got your mission statement and then uh, the follow-up with that, mm-hmm. do you feel like that was something that you and your family just decided that you wanted, or was that a God-given direction mm-hmm. that you feel like God downloaded on you guys through yeah. prayer? Yeah, 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 what, well, yeah
2: what, what we've discovered is that your your family vision and your family values are are things you discover they're already in there. They're already in you. It's just we've never c- collected them and actually made them permanent by putting them in writing. Yeah. It's like they're all in you. They're all inside of you and it's like you you and I are the DNA collective DNA of all of our ancestors, right? So your family ID if you can look like your ancestor, if you can, you know, if your kids can look like you, all right? Um, then I think there's also this spiritual DNA that, that, that we have. And it's, uh, so we tell people, we say, look, we're not going to help you make up uh, a family mission or a vision. We're going to help you to discover it. Mm -hmm. And, and when we help them walk through, um, the exercises, it really does. It just, it it reveals itself that this is really who we are. And now we're just going to put that in writing uh, and it's amazing. It's where fa- where it creates a healthy family identity, and where family identity is strong, peer pressure is weak, wow. and where family identity is weak, peer pressure is strong. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture now, and all of us all of us have seen it. We are in the middle of an identity crisis: yep. personal identity, sexual identity, mm-hmm. uh, and family identity. We 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 are just in a crisis, right? Yeah. And so, boy, to help a family create their, their family identity, it, it keeps that peer pressure from you just don't need the approval of some idiot friend, you know. Mm-hmm. You just don't need an, the approval of that girl or you don't need the approval of that guy mm-hmm. because you already know who you are. You're not trying to grasp your identity from yeah. everything in the world around you, the music you listen to or the color of your hair or, you know, whatever. You go, hey, I've got something so much deeper yeah. than the music I listen to, or, or, or the clothes I wear, or whatever. So, and I really believe there's a hunger right now um, among our children and grandchildren, among our uh, just just on the earth. There's just yeah. this huge hunger for trying to figure out who in the world am I and what what do I stand yeah. for, you know? Yeah, and
0: so that so, that's where Family ID steps in. Yeah, right. That's right. And so. Fathers, mothers taking control and putting their family into family ID. What right. does that look like for yeah. a family that's never heard of it before? Right. Well, we
2: have, a, we have a seminar that we've, it's got, it's, it's six lessons. We have it all streaming where a person can sit down with their spouse or with their family on their television and they can go through these six modules and by the end of it, they have a family. They, we start with helping them discover what their personal core values are. So once you know what you, you're, you personally stand for, what you personally, and it's really cool the process we go through to help you discover that. And then we ask each family member then to sit down and look at each other's five core values and then say, look, how, could, could we agree upon um, this value that I noticed uh, three of us have that as a core value personally. Maybe that could be one of our family core values. Could, could the rest of us all agree that we're going to put unity down as a core value for our family? Uh, or um, faith, that faith would be, or um, integrity, or whatever. So whatever these, those are. And then there may be some that, that not, it didn't meet anyone's personal core value, but it's a core value we would aspire to have as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so these aren't things that you have to try to discover what you are. These are also aspirational values. that, Because I think all of us are in some way a product of our family of origin. So if we grew up in a family and there were lots of really great things about that, we, we have a tendency to want to duplicate that. Or we grew up in a family and it was just horrible we go, I'm going to do everything in my power not right. to duplicate any of that. So, either way, we are a product today of, of, of the, our family of origin. So, yeah. what we want to do is say, look, I don't want to be anything like the family I grew up in. I want to be, all my core values are aspirational core values, mm-hmm. You're right? And then some are, are, are half and half. They want, these are some, some I aspire to, but these are a couple of things that I really want to duplicate. In, in my family. Okay. So then when we help a family do that, it's like we had a, someone said, well, Greg, how, how old do your kids need to be before you could, you know, let them do that, be a yeah. part of that? Look, if they can read, they can attend. Yeah. Because a kid who feels like they have a voice, even if they're, you know, a younger child in the family, they feel like hey, I was a part of this. I, yeah. I got to put my input in it. Now yeah. their values are going to change the older they get. You know, but for right now, these are the core values that, that would represent our family or, or our aspiration to become, you know, as a family. But there's this kid, he's about nine-year-old boy. He had written down on his, that one of his core values was kindness. And so the whole family is looking at him going, now this is the least kind person <laughs> in our whole family, all right? If there is a problem, he's in the middle of it. He's the one screaming. He's the one yelling. If there, you know, he's, he created most of the problem. So... They go, okay, honey. Well, hey, why why did you mark down kindness as one of your core Because he said, "I hate fighting, I hate it, I hate yelling, I hate screaming, I hate all that." Yeah. They're going, "Oh my gosh, we would have never known that this kid who we thought just was his spiritual gift was to to create problems <laughs> in our yeah. in our family. We he, he obviously he's gotten caught up in something that he doesn't want to be, and he's and he's." Has, has no way of getting out of it, no way of breaking out of it. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, why don't we make kindness a core value for our whole family? And just, it just changed the whole, the whole dynamic of their family. They really got to peek into what is at the core of what my spouse or my children, what do they really value? So then what are our conversations going to be like? What should I be talking about with my son, my daughter, or my spouse? Uh, so that's why I think this exercise is so powerful of helping you discover what your core values are, and then as a family, let's figure out what we want to what we want to aspire to be as a family. So,
1: so let me share on that too because yeah. I've actually taken my family through Family ID three yes. different times. Fantastic. Um, we went through it in a small group, uh, just at home with some of the videos. Right. That frankly was kind of your first. Um, go through that were that were
2: bad and they've gotten so they today they're <laughs> amazing and, and
1: I say that and that's no no word right. to hey, disparage you, you
2: you have got to you got to be bad before you can be good that, well <laughs> and and the power of it that
1: frankly uh, those first very first ones weren't i mean they were a fraction of how good they are today and yet what god even moved through that was good. still so powerful wow, and so my point very, is just even yeah. the content um, and how God moved through that. That's good. And so, and then taking them back through with you live at a couple right, of different right, conferences right. later. And, you know, we actually just this, from when we're taping this um, just yesterday, uh, my wife and I were in Des Moines, Iowa. Our oldest son is actually a pastor up at a new church, launching wow, a new church amazing. that just opened and fully started. You know their new campus and building yesterday. Um, and ours, matter of fact, our family statement we we wrote ours based on Ephesians six that as Dixons we will boldly proclaim the gospel. Um, And that's just our family statements based on Ephesians 6 when Paul, um, you know, it talks about in verse 19, he says, Mm -hmm. for me, that the words may be given to me to open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so that was really, man, that just gives me chills, man. That is so powerful. That was our family. I mean, that's our family. We are living it out, dude. Is just to be bold about our faith. And, you know, and from that, my middle son, Luke, who by the time he graduated high school, um, you know, I never went over exaggerated, but he's probably led four to five hundred youth to Christ. He's (laughs) preached in... 10, 12, 15 oh oh different cities across America. He's wow. been on missions trips wow. to wow. Um, Albania, to Macedonia, <laughs> oh to Mexico. Gosh. I mean, oh my gosh! and my youngest son, who's leading a Bible study. And, and I love what you said. And I, I mean, I want to reiterate this because it's so true and important and impactful. Where family idea is strong, peer pressure is weak. Mm. And that same thing you said when peer, you know, if family idea is weak, peer pressure is strong. And, Man, I just want everyone out there to hear
2: that wow. that that is it's absolutely true. That's great. Well, I tell you, Trey, I mean, what, the, just knowing that story, how you and your wife and your children sat down together and wrote that out mm-hmm. and literally it became prophetic. It it is. Yes. It, it's, it's not only who you are, it's who you who you guys have become. Dude, I'm just telling you, that is stronger than 40 acres of garlic. That's You <laughs> hear me? <what laughs> That's good. Dude, that is strong. Yeah. I have never heard that before. <laughs> I have
1: never ceased to be amazed by Greg Gunn. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's good. Good, but, good. And what I love about that, too, and, and, you know, it's not like Family ID was everything. It's not that we go to Family ID, we do this with exactly. our family, and all of a sudden, everything. What I love what you shared that pastor of yours that shared it with you, this was their fifth year. They went back, they revisited, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to church on a weekly basis They're And so it's not like there's any one thing, one program, just like frankly, true North and base camp, unbelievably powerful, life changing. Mm -hmm. But if it ends
2: there as a one time weekend, that's right. That's not enough. There is no silver bullet. There is no one. Like you said, there is no one thing. It's always a combination of things. Yes. But true North, truly sets you on a course where you can do the other things that have to be done yes. for your life to truly change. That's it. Yeah.
1: And same thing. I mean, family ID to be able to get this, to implement it, mm-hmm. to be able to, to have a, a direction for your right. family. Cause one of the things that you share so many times, um, it comes from scripture, but essentially nobody plans, you know, to, to just end up somewhere right. on accident. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah, if we yeah. don't plan on purpose, accidentally yeah. we end up somewhere yeah, and, and very
2: seldom where we want to be. Right. In fact, that's something that that I heard Craig Rochelle say. He said, every family ends up somewhere. Few end up somewhere on purpose. Yes. You know, and so for us to all adopt this, okay, here's my new standard. I'm going to be as intentional at home as I am at work. And to start evaluating, sitting down with your spouse and going, okay, this is my new standard. Can, can we agree that we're going to, we're as, as a family, we're going to be as intentional at home or more intentional at home. Let's take it to a whole new level, right?
0: Well, well the key is to set your bar low by having very low intentions at work. <laughs> right, good. right, right. Great idea. Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, this is not a work
1: podcast, uh, right? (laughs) My bad, man. Let's lower expectations. That's right, lower the expectations of work, and then everything else is better. Uh, I did have
0: a a question. So, how far into your family tree have you seen this? Get like, do people do this with? their older sibling like if you're an adult mm. and yeah. do you do it with your adult siblings do you yes. do it with your parents mm.
2: um, or right. cousins or what what's that? Yeah, how yes. have well, you seen that work we have done the majority of our of our family id workshops have been done in a in a in a big meeting room with mm-hmm. you know 20 30 50 100 families mm-hmm. and we can we're able to go about a mile wide but about an inch deep mm-hmm. because you're you're trying to just make it make it make sense for everybody in the room, right? right? Single parents, blended families, on and on. Man, especially single parents, especially, man, the love I have for the blended family is Mm. unbelievable. Yeah, Because they already feel like they're so far behind that they're never going to catch up. And I really believe God has something incredibly special for you, Mm. blended families that are really trying your best uh, to create this healthy family identity. And yet, in many cases, having to send children back into an environment that has no mission, no vision, no nothing, you know. And so I really believe God has something very special for you. But um, what was the question?
0: So looking at your families that are extended, oh, yeah, yeah. do you invite okay. your parents into this, yes, your adult yes. siblings?
2: Okay. Yes, in fact, we, so to, we just did one this this uh, in August, just a couple of months ago, um, where we we took a family that the older brother— invited his two married brothers mm. um, his parents and then his wife's parents Wow um, and and then his single brother they're all married they're all in their tw- all in their 20s or, or 30s mm-hmm. uh, and so we did it with like seven couples in the room Wow but we had two families we had the his wife's parents and her and then they and this in this family of like... Um, all these siblings there were eight girls all under the age of four well <laughs> it's unbelievable that's a hodgepodge I mean mixed families ages generations yes. that's everyone there's, yeah. there's, and one one of the girls is now pregnant with the first boy in this family but there's God yeah they're, they're in Louisiana uh, they're a business owner so we we did this at their company headquarters with the in their conference room and I'm just telling you it was incredible we had uh, you know, two almost three generations there. Of course, the kids are really little, yeah. but uh, so that was absolutely fun doing it yeah. with with mm-hmm. multiple generations yeah. in the same room. Yeah. Um, and each family member, each couple that is married, is their own unit. Yes. They are their they're the leave and cleave. So they they are going to all set their own vision, mission, okay. and values. Yeah. Even though mom and dad may may have a, a list of core values that they've written um, we've even had people say well Greg am I supposed to kind of dictate to my children my married children our core values as a family and and I said no you you have a core value you have five core values or six or wh- whatever number you have and and those are values that you would like for every family member to look at and say you know what we we can we can we can agree with those mm-hmm. and he said well how do you do that when they, they have their own spouse, their own children, their own deal. I said, well, look, have you ever worked for a company that had a mission statement and a vision statement and core values that were written long before you ever went to work there? He said, yeah. Well, you went to work there and you said, man, those are good. Those are good values. I, I, can, I can salute those. Mm-hmm. And then you go and go to work as a board member for a nonprofit organization and they have a whole nother set of values and they have a vision and they have a mission. I mean, can you not also look at those values and go, Oh man, I can salute those too. I can, you could be in a situation where you're under five or six different values and mission and vision and they all, you can, you can salute them all. You see what I'm saying? So it's not that you have to pick any one but that you do have one that is yours and it's yours personally. So it's a very good question because yeah. people wonder.
0: Well, that'll be encouragement to, I mean, we've got some guys that are our grandparents, right. parents, yeah. and they may be feeling the pull to right. take their family through it, but none of their family lives at home anymore. But right. hey, why not? Well, very we good. also,
1: we have some guys that act like four-year-olds. And so it <laughs> literally speak very to good. anybody. And yeah. any he yeah. very, yeah. very good. And
2: that's that's a great, that's a great thought because, you know, we have parents who who, let's say that, Dad is a type A personality driver, very successful at what he does. When he comes in the room, it's like he could so dominate the whole thing where everybody goes, okay, Dad, just tell us, tell us what, what our four five values are, yeah. what's our mission statement going to be, whatever. And you know what? That's, that, um, what, what? What we want everyone to know is that once your children get married, once you become the consultant now for the family, you're now – now you have to, a consultant doesn't go and call people up and go, hey, hey, I'm your consultant and uh, let me give you some consultation. <laughs> you have to be asked, right? As a consultant, you have to be asked. So, um, but we say, look, once you you sit down with your family, and say, hey, these are the things we value. These are the things we've discovered as values for our family. And you know what? We want to put our full weight. We want to put all of our, all the relationships we've built over the last sixty years of our life we're going to put all of that weight, all of that effort, all of that wisdom behind whatever you and your spouse come up with as your pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, we call it that. And 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 when I don't know if it was Aristotle or or one of those guys who came up with the, the pursuit of happiness, but yeah. it was a pursuit of what was the highest and best most moral thing that you can aim at is is is, is the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. All right. So if you whatever your pursuit of happiness is as a couple, as long as it doesn't violate one of our family values, mm-hmm. like honesty. So if you say, Well, I'm thinking about becoming a mafia boss, and you say, Well you know, that doesn't fit our family values, <laughs> so we wouldn't be able to help you there. Yeah. But we could help you on these other things,
0: right? So, Well, that's Family ID 2.0, right? <laughs> that's, like, right. That's, that's the next right. level. That's right. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>.
2: a cartel. <laughs> the, head, the head of the next cartel. You know, But that, that made so much sense. Yeah. And these families are going, oh, my gosh, yeah, dude. I, I want every one of my children, whoever they marry, and whatever vision they have for their happiness, right, in their life, you know, uh, I want to. I want to do everything to push them up and not dictate down to them, right? And so, and I think what you're key.
1: saying by that, what I've what what I've kind of seen with my boys growing up, yeah. is I don't want to make the decisions for them. I want to help them make the right decisions. Good word. And and that's that's something mm-hmm. that God, as kids are growing up. I don't wanna make those decisions for him. I just wanna help him make the right decisions. Very good. And and not that it has to be what I would want, what I would choose, Mm -hmm. but is what they're choosing a good thing, a right thing. They may choose something totally different than what I would choose. Mm but like you said, is it being a mafia boss, but you know, is it, is it doing something, but it's still a good thing and helping them do that. And I think that's most of us as parents, it's not that we're trying to
2: control. We just want to make sure they're doing the right thing. And so, yeah, a great example of that was uh, John D Rockefeller who owned multiple businesses, mm -hmm. railroads, standard oil, on and on. I mean, multiple businesses. His oldest son His own, I think maybe his only son was absolutely disinterested in business, Mm. absolutely disinterested. Mm. But he was totally interested in philanthropy, in giving away the wealth and doing it from a very strategic um, way, Uh, giving to ministry. He was very interested in one of the, one of the, the, the Billy Graham of the 19, early 1900s was a guy named Billy Sunday the Rockefeller family supported Billy Sunday and his evangelism in, in a huge way. Wow! Um, and the John D. Rockefeller Jr. Um, was the one who had an, had this this idea to keep the family together. So he spent his all of his time working on philanthropy and making sure they had incredible family reunions, family meetings, and so. If, if John D had said no you're going to be just like me mm-hmm. you're going to have a, a, an eye for business you're going have you're going to need to be a creator, an entrepreneur he just wasn't that and how smart it was for John D Rockefeller to not perpetrate that on him and create resentment mm-hmm. instead he let him be what what was his, his pursuit of happiness and yeah. it, it also fit in right into the company into the family. Um, philanthropy today the Rockefellers are still worth billions that's so uh, and good. they haven't lost all their all their wealth like so many have that's so good so
0: you have a family young yeah. family you've got teenagers mm-hmm. teenagers sometimes don't like to do the things you want to do
1: right. what <laughs> so
0: you're feeling inspired to do family ID with your family yeah and one of your teenagers just isn't wanting to or just any member of
2: your family right. just isn't sure. wanting
0: to be involved with it. Sure. W- what do you say to a parent leading their family through that?
2: Oh, that's great. Cause Ron and I, we have seven children. I don't know. If it, I, know I don't guess I shared that yet. We have seven children. My wife and I've been married now. Uh, just celebrate our 39th wow. wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Yeah, praise God. Mm-hmm. Uh, really 12 happy years. That's we've been right. <laughs> no, kid, kidding. Um, the 12 and, before you had kids. No, Is that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, uh, anyway, so, um, you know, it, it's like you've got a, you got a family member that's just not on board. And here's what we say. Work with the willing. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make any family member feel like they're less than or whatever. It's just that particular time in their life. Okay? Here's another thing I want to say to parents. This is very, very important. Um, our children are going to turn out based upon three factors. One one-third of how our children turn out is our parenting. Hmm. One-third of how our children turn out is their, their wiring, just how they're wired, okay? And one-third of how our children turn out is their peer group. Interesting. So we have, at best, Let's 33% of the influence on, how, what our, on, on, on the decisions our children make, okay? we got a third of the influence. Yet, anytime one of my kids have made a bad decision – guess what percentage of the blame I take? 100%. 100%, right? And that is not fair, okay? No one has ever said, you know, if Adam and Eve had better parents, they would have never made the decisions they made. Has anyone ever looked at Adam and Eve's parents and said, man, if those parents were just more involved, if they hadn't worked all the time, they wouldn't have made that terrible decision. And if, and if, Cain had just had a better grandfather involved in his life. He would have never killed his brother. Yeah. Have we ever blamed God for any of that? Wow. Never. That's well, then good. why do we take on all the blame? We still do. I can't help it. Yeah. I still take on as much yeah. blame as I possibly can. Can but so I, think I just scripture
1: Scripture says it. Our jobs to plant seeds. That's good. Somebody else may come through a Sunday yes. school teacher, yes. a friend, yes. whoever. And then it's God's job to give the increase. And and you're right, as parents, so many times we want to own the increase. (laughs) We want to own the fruit, and we want to own the final product. And the reality
2: is our job is just to plant the seeds. That's right. That's right. And God, they have to make their own decision. So I just want to give some grace. I want all of you parents to take some some grace from this and just know, look, work with the willing. And you know what? And someday they will become willing, okay? Just trust God. This is the, the end of the story has not been written. Okay. Um and there's so, bumps along the way. Yeah, oh my. Because yeah. I mean I
1: know that, I mean there's bad my been boys it. all three of my boys have had some <laughs> oh, major issues at some point. Same I mean him. they were yeah. not all angels. That's right. And they're we're all baby. three following God now, but there was a point when right.
2: it wasn't always that way. That's true. In fact, yeah. I mean, just the, the, the marriage problems that you know, Ron and I have just who you marry has been one of our you know, most important things. Well, you know, two of our daughters have been through a absolutely horrible uh, marriage, and, and man, we're just. But praise God, we're we're. This isn't the end of the story. This yeah, isn't the last amen. chapter. hadn't been written. You know, amen. so I just want to give all of you parents, uh, a sense that, look, don't, don't 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 let the enemy, load you down with, with guilt or, or, or shame. Or that it's don't, too late. Or that it's yeah, too late. Exactly, it's never too late. I'm telling you, look, too late or too early. Yeah. Very good. That's great. In fact, there's, this, there's. I just met with a kid. He's 21 years old. Been married a year. Um, and I'm talking to him about writing to his future generations. Mm. I mean, oh, look, if you're 20 years old, you're not you're not married, not even thinking about getting married. But for you to start having a multi generational vision, let me just tell you. Guys, you'll become a chick magnet for the right kind of chick if you've got a family vision statement and you're not married. I'm just telling you, it'll it'll attract the right kind of girl. It'll repel the wrong kind of girl. I'm just telling you. Man, that's good. Uh, if you're a girl and, you do, and you've got a multi-generational family vision, you are going to be a dude magnet. Or you're going to be a, a dude magnet for the right kind of dude. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Because a dude who looks at this girl goes, oh, my gosh, you got a multi-generational vision. <laughs> You're the girl I've been looking for, right? Yeah. But for the wrong kind of guy, man, that'll just repel the yeah. wrong kind of guy. So, like you said, it's never too late. It's never too early uh, so to begin good. to become intentional.
1: So, Greg, I, I hope and thank you so much for being here today. Sure. And we thank you so much for sharing this. Absolutely. I hope everyone listening hears the passion in this, the mm-hmm. need for this. Amen. And once again, it's never too late. It's never too early. And even if your kids are growing out of the house to be able to pass that's those right. along to grandkids, to great-grandkids. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, I mean, so it doesn't
2: matter right. where you're at, what your age yeah. is. Yeah. You, um, you could be a, someone who says, look, there's not one of my kids that's interested. They're so far away from being interested. Look. Yeah. All these documents that you need to write, this family vision, this mission, this values, these are documents that you need to put in your family archives. There is a grandchild, a great-grandchild, maybe one you will never meet, that would give anything. They would count it the greatest blessing of their life to know what their grandfather, great-grandfather, had to say, what he believed, what he stood for. I would give anything to have that from my grandfather, my mother's father, John Diffie, I, mean, I don't have a single piece of paper he wrote, and yet if I knew he had a mission and a vision and some values, yeah. oh, my gosh, it would be the most priceless document I own. So yeah, don't, don't think that Look, you're not maybe doing it for your children right this minute. They, they may have become deaf to you, but they, it, it's, it's the next generation. It's a, it's a niece. It's a nephew. It's, it's somebody that you, you don't know why, but you're writing this, and it's going to have a gigantic impact on them. You know, what I would love to do, uh, Trey, is offer to everyone listening to this podcast an opportunity to get the Family ID streaming workshop. Oh, that's great. Um, and if, uh, uh, we'll give you the, the, the they'll give you guys the coupon code uh, that you can just go to our website, family-id.com, family-id.com, hyphen or and uh, go to our, go to our workshop, and then We'll uh, we'll give you guys a coupon code of True North, all all one word, all cap, True North, and you can get that workshop. What would normally be a hundred and sixty dollar uh, value, we're going to give it to you absolutely free wow. uh, for those of you that are able to to come to it through True North, because True North has had such a gigantic impact on me, on my children, and on this world. We want to get we want to give back by offering that to these mighty men. Uh, that are coming uh, to us through to true, true, Nor- uh, true North. Because you actually brought your youngest son yes. um, to base camp last year or before so was first time he'd ever been to a base camp. it was absolutely awesome. So being good. there with him. Yeah he's my youngest son. He's 20 years old now. Um, and just what a what a joy it has been. What a amazing yeah, young man. It's helped us build our relationships. It's taken us even deeper. Um. Uh, in in our relationship as father and son, so That's I encourage so all of you who can take your older boys to the to a base camp. Yeah, you got to do it.
1: And so, guys, to get any of that information, go to that website that Greg laid out, or you can send us an email at info at Info at truenorth.live. We'll get you that code directions link, and we'll get you uh, that family ID for free. Greg, that is so generous. Thank you. Glad to do it. And guys, at $169, it's worth. And so I keep saying, guys, True North, we're a men's ministry. We know that predominantly Mm. this is probably men listening to this, but I hope each and every one of you out there, bring your wife, share this with your wife, share this talk with her, let her get this fire, hear Greg's passion, let her hear these things that she can't unhear and and begin, let this podcast maybe be the beginning of your family ID statement. And so, so honored to have you. Now Greg, before we go, we started with Who's Greg Gunn personally in your story? Yeah, yeah. I want to end on that same place. Okay. So share with me just real quick as we wrap up, yeah. what is the best book you've read lately? Yeah. Um, what is something that God's been laying on your heart? Yeah. What Just what's something Greg Gunn is, you know, as Greg Gunn is a man. What have you read? What's impacted you? What's God doing in you?
2: Yeah, I I have just recently, um, I feel like God has just giving given me a download on um, what is it? That us as men and our and our sexuality, which is such a huge part of who we are as men. Okay. God created us as men to be so driven sexually. There's probably no other desire that we have that could even, you know, within a mile of 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 our desire for um uh for, for that need to be met sexually. And so and I've just been praying. I really have been asking God to open up his book of wisdom to me wider than he has to any man in this generation over what are we supposed to do with this sexual desire? How did it start? How, do, how are we supposed to live that out? In an, and then us all being born in an age when um, sexual images are being poured in on us. I mean, I could almost say... of you listening to me today were attacked by the enemy sexually between the ages of 8 and 14. Yeah, absolutely. Almost without fail. Now, think about it. It's like me watching a a show about the savannah, and there's this herd of gazelles. And this gazelle was born 38 seconds ago, and this lion now is coming to attack him. I mean... (laughs) I'm screaming at the TV, pick on somebody your own size, yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's us. We were attacked when we didn't have one th- idea in our head what was going on. Right? Yeah. We either saw pornography, we were molested, we were, we were assaulted in some way and we didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue guys. I mean, I'm one of them this kid. I couldn't tell, I didn't want to tell my parents I saw pornography and then it, the shame and the guilt, and then I get all these attacks and thoughts and going, nobody's has the, I don't hear anybody talking about this. My parents never talked to me about it. Not, not a, I went to church every time the doors were open. I didn't hear a single word at church or my youth group or anywhere. I thought, I must be the only one in this world that's being attacked by these thoughts all the wow. freaking time. Why can't I seem to get? Yeah. And so God just really has revealed to me, there is this incredible correlation between our sexual drive, our spiritual strength, our spiritual authority, and our financial life. Dude, I'm just telling you, it is unbelievable. All right. Okay, we're so, that's a whole episode. Yeah. You are speaking my
1: language. That <laughs> is that's a whole nother episode that we're gonna come back and we're gonna okay. make that happen at a later date. Right. Because Gosh, matter of fact, I feel guilty leaving it there. Yes, <laughs> that I, don't, is, I think right. it's great. Well, I be really great...
2: believe that there is a, a powerful correlation here. And I just know that God's got some. some yes. And I don't have all the answers. I just have a ton of questions. But I feel like as we share together and we share about this and talk about this on, on a later podcast, that um, God's going to begin to reveal. So I'm going to pray that same prayer for all of you. Mm-hmm. That God will open up his book of wisdom to each of you wider than he has to any man in this generation so we can figure out why God gave us that total, complete drive and how it is from Genesis to Revelation, God has got revelation for us uh, Mm -hmm. to understand that so that we don't walk around going, oh my gosh, I just got to keep this thing under control until I get to heaven. Oh man, that's when I'm going to get some freedom, you know? So, So anyway. Man. Thank you, Greg. Thank you
1: so much again for being here today. We so appreciate it and hope this has just been an
2: absolute blessing to everybody hearing it. Thank you. If you don't mind, maybe just pray us out. Yes, please. Father, I just thank you for these mighty men that are listening to this today. I pray that you'd tear down every stronghold, take back every piece of ground. I come against Satan and every Mm -hmm. lie that he has told to these men. I just call forth the mighty warrior angels to come and circle up around each one of these men and fight this battle against the enemy uh, for these men to lead these men. You've called these men to be ferocious. You've called them to be dangerous. You've called them to be lethal. And so Lord, I just praise you and thank you that these men are going to be men of great strength, great power, great, uh, uh, an absolute monster. Um, And yet they're they're, there. they're able to keep their sword sheathed for their family That's right. Uh, and to love and bless their children and grandchildren, bless and love their spouse. Lord, I just thank you for these mighty men uh, who've, who who you have made uh, to bring great and irreparable damage to Satan's kingdom. Mm. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.